0: turn with me to Matthew chapter 3 quickly. What I'm going to do is this. On a Tuesday night, okay, on a Tuesday night, we're going to do a prayer time, but I'm also going to be sharing a little bit about what Dudley, um, Dudley Daniel, who started NCMI 38 years ago, whatever it was, he has four days that he spends doing training. And you get invited from around the world to come and spend time with Dudley. And let me just tell you this. He gets the list of names three months before you arrive there. He prays every day for every name that is going to come to the four days of the Father's with him. And not only that, if he doesn't feel like he has faith that you're going to really benefit from the time, he just says, sorry, there's no space for you. He'll message you personally and say, sorry, there's no space for you. He doesn't worry about what people think of him. But he's 74 years old and he says, in the last few years I've had more revelation than I have in the last 50 years of ministry. And he says, I'm sick in my body. But what I do is I give my life to this thing. It's a man who's never compromised. He's 74 years old. He's not an old man. He's had a liver replacement. He battles every day. But he trains seven days a week with his ailments, with his issues. Now, I learned such big lessons from this man. Welcome Duan. Let's give him a round of applause. (laughs) That's what you call a a friendly welcome. He's in my home group, so he can take it. He gives me enough so I can give it to him from the front. (laughs) So we're good, guys. Um, What's what's important for me, friends, is I went away knowing that I needed to learn something. I had to go to Australia to go and upskill for you. You know that what I do, friends, is I don't build my own ministry. My job is to build the, the body of Christ, and that's you guys. My job is to make sure that I am skilled, that I am well-trained, that I, am, that I keep my blades sharp so that I'm not just preaching to, in a sense, my capacity here. Do you understand that you've got a massive capacity? And I believe that we've got the best church in the world. There is no church like Frontline People. I promise you. I can tell you this now. You will not feel the Spirit of God in most churches like you do in Frontline People. Am I right? When we worship, we feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. When we do the preachers and we see altar calls. Friends, we've had up to 13 salvations at a time here on a Sunday. We're not here to keep people. We're here to bring people to Christ. And it's your job to devote yourself to this thing. It's not my job to make that happen. And it's not my job to get money out of you either. So Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter 3, I'm going to be, sorry, on Tuesday nights, what I'm going to do is Dudley gave us notes. I think I took about 40 pages of notes. He took 50 years of his revelation, and for five hours every day, he would download and, and speak this revelation over us, over, just over 12 of us around the room. And you know what, friends, I can't tell you how I grew. I couldn't sleep at night because the Holy Spirit was just downloading a whole lot of stuff in my heart and telling me what needs to to happen in my own heart and changing some stuff. Some revelation took place. He prophesied over me. It was fantastic. And I just want to encourage you. I believe that this this preacher might change your heart in a lot of ways if you allow it to. Is that okay? Are you excited? Matthew chapter 3. From verse 13 to 37, this is where Jesus, uh, sorry, 13 to 17, where Jesus is baptized. It says, yeah, then Jesus came to Galilee, to John at Jordan, to be baptized by him. Who believes that Jesus was God? Who believes that when he was on earth, he was, he was God on earth? Can I ask this question? Did he need to be baptized? Why is it that Jesus said to John over here, He says, And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you are coming to me. Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus had an understanding of example. Jesus set the greatest example, am I right? So friends... When we give our lives to Jesus, we in a sense die to the old self and a brand new person is reborn. A brand new person comes out of an old shell. And I want to ask this question. When we've given our lives to Jesus, is Jesus Savior and Lord or is Jesus just your Savior? Because if Jesus is just our Savior, what happens is that Jesus becomes the panic button. Every time there's something that goes wrong, boop, we press on His button and we say, Jesus, we need help. Every time there's a hardship or there's sickness or there's disease, boop, we press the button. And He becomes our Savior out of every trial and tribulation. How many of us see Jesus that way? But let me ask this question. Has He become Lord of your life? In other words, when Jesus says to you, I want you to walk with me, Even when you're comfortable and you're rich or you've got everything in place, can you leave those things and follow Jesus? Because unless that happens, Jesus has just become Savior to us. And when He becomes Lord, we let go of everything and we follow Jesus. Does that make sense? Where Jesus was totally sold out to His Father's will. He was following God's will and not worrying about man. And so He gives us example. Then He allowed him. And when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, alighting upon him. When he got baptized, friends, the Holy Spirit was poured out on him, and the Holy Spirit comes upon Jesus. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon Jesus, he starts his ministry. Isn't that amazing? So when you get baptized today, understand that when you get born again, when you accept Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior, you are born again. But when you are baptized, a lot of what happens is that you open up for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit then often comes upon people when we get baptized in water. Isn't that amazing? Do you know what the word baptism means? It means to fully immerse yourself. It means to fully be overwhelmed. Friends, I believe that when we give our lives to Jesus, we make decisions for Jesus, but we're not totally overwhelmed by Jesus. And when we give our lives to Jesus today, we're going to be overwhelmed. And when we are overwhelmed by Jesus, that means that everything else falls away. Can I tell you that when I was born again, the time that I walked up to the front, I was not believing that I needed salvation. I went up for prayer because something in my heart said, just go and find out what it's like to be prayed for. That's all I want. That's all I was going up for. And when that man put his hands on me, and he just prayed over me, this warm feeling came over me, like in my heart and in my body. It was just a, this like amazing feeling. The Holy Spirit came upon me. And do you know what? When your past really hurts you, it feels like a weight on your shoulders. It feels like there's just wherever you go, you don't realize there's a weight on your shoulders until it's been lifted off. You know that. Hey, I mean I just wanna want to pick on a few people here that have kind of that I know have you know had those types of experiences look at John Tell, remember when you came to the church? God did an amazing thing. God restored everything back to your life. You came in broken. You remember? Crying on my shoulder. Just amazing. God comes in, changes your life, you get born again, radically changed. And everything that's broken in your life, what He does out of His mercy and His grace is He restores all of that back to you. And we forget that when we carry on walking with Him and the hardships come our way, we think that Jesus is supposed to take all of our hardship away. It says in the Word, friends, that we must, we must go through many sufferings to enter into the kingdom of God. So Jesus is not a get-out-of-jail card. What He does is He restores to you the kingdom. And we then enter into the kingdom with God and we have this brand new relationship and friends if there's no change in our lives down the road Jesus when we go to heaven he will say I never knew you because all I was to you was a savior but I wasn't your Lord friends Jesus is Lord when we baptize everything into Jesus when we immerse everything when we are overwhelmed with everything from our time to our family to our friends and to our money friends if we can't give Jesus the control of what controls us, then whatever it is that's controlling us is Lord. Does that make sense? So I'm setting the platform to understand salvation and baptism. Because the truth is, friends, do you know that you're even baptized into the body of Christ. When you get born again, you are baptized into the body of Christ. Which means, friends, do you know that most people have a wrong understanding of church? People think that church is this add-on to Jesus. That I love Jesus and I don't have to go to a church. I don't have to be a part of a church to love Jesus. Who would agree with that? Be real, friends. Let's be honest. Most of us agree to this. I chatted to a guy. My car broke down on Friday. Since I got back from Australia, it's like every possible thing that could go wrong has gone wrong. So I go and drop Josiah off at school. On my way back, my car... um, Water hose bursts. And so my car just before it's about to overheat a guy tells me that my water's pouring out and so i stopped the car i phoned shannon bring the land rover please the land rover won't start at home and on top of it i never had my phone with me or my wallet so i had to use someone else's phone and then i managed to get a tow truck and that tow truck had to take me to a friend of mine and eventually i got this thing sorted out six seven hours later come home land rover's broken car's sorted out and now this morning, last night, the electricity goes out. I'm thinking, Lord, we've got baptisms tomorrow. Satan doesn't want us to hear this message today, friends, because I believe that some of you are going to be radically born again. Even those of you that have had Jesus as Savior but not as Lord, friends, if you can't baptize your wallet into Jesus, He's not Lord of that area. If you can't baptize your time to Jesus, then He's not Lord of that area, then He's not Lord of anything. The day that we come to Christ Jesus We die to this world. Isn't that amazing? How many of us have died to some parts of the world, but not to all of them? We've got one foot in Jesus and one foot in the world. Very easily we fall into that pattern and we keep falling into that cycle. Do you know that when I got baptized in water, that settled it for me? I was kind of wishy-washy in and out. I knew that I knew Jesus, but it was tough. Every morning I couldn't get up and I would read the Bible and fall asleep. But when I got baptized, radically, I could follow Jesus unashamedly because you know what baptism is it's a declaration to everyone around you what's taken place in your heart and it's a declaration to them to hold you accountable in this relationship with Jesus that's why we invite friends and family to our baptisms because when you drop the ball they're going to say but you were baptized you were born again you can't be dropping the ball now you're the example to us you need to pick up the ball is that okay Isn't that amazing? So Jesus said, let it be done so we can fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. So when he was baptized, as he comes out of the water, the Holy Spirit comes upon him. And it says over here, and suddenly, this is amazing. Then suddenly the voice came from heaven. This is God. And God says this, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The day that you come to Christ Jesus is the day that Jesus, that God accepts you as a son and he loves you. But can I say this? Even though God loves you, He shows affection to those who obey Him. Does that make sense? God loves you even when you're sinning, falling short, doing the wrong things, and He still feeds you, He still looks after you, He still lets you have your temper tantrums, and He still lets you throw your toys out the cot, and He still cares for you, but you want to know how to get God's favor. You want to know how to get God's pleasurable favor on your life. It's by being obedient to Him. God's love language what child in a class that pleases the teacher ever has a bad time in class am i right if we may just like jesus then surely we'll be the same the worst thing that my boy can do is rub the teacher up the wrong way in the class is that true you're gonna have a hell of a bad year if the teacher doesn't like you so rather become the bit in the class am i right Rather become the teacher's pet because you know what? You're going to get favor and even when your marks aren't so good, they're going to overlook those things because your character is so good. Am I right? If you're just this rocker and you're causing trouble the whole time and you suddenly trying to do well in class, she's not going to give you the benefit of the doubt. You know what I'm saying? God's maybe not like people, but let me tell you, when you're doing, I'm not saying we're not going to works here. All I'm saying is that when you're obedient to God, In every area of your life, you will see not only do things start coming right, but you start living in a peaceful way. How many of us are not at peace at this point in time? Because we know we're just not living our lives fully for Jesus. Maybe we're withholding that time. Maybe we're withholding our, our, our dedication to the prayer meetings. Or maybe we're not sharing the gospel with people. And you live out of this place. You know that Jesus loves you. You know that you're living in Him but you're just not living out the fullness of Christ Jesus. Am I right? How many of us live in that place? And that's a place where we're actually just neither here nor there. And so what I want to try and bring across, friends, is that actually Jesus wants all of our heart. Jesus can't have part of our heart. Jesus is selfish and he wants all of you. Because only when he has all of you do you have all of him. Because you've got to give your life to Jesus. I want to just say this. Don't think about changing your behavior. Just think about total surrender. When we totally surrender our lives to Jesus. Turn with me to Acts chapter 2, please. Acts chapter 2. Can I ask friends that when we... I want to encourage you. Take notes. Or listen to the sermon in the week on on the website. Because on the website by Tuesday, this message will be put on the website. And then you can put your earphones on download the preach and listen to it let it become part of you too often we listen to a sermon and we forget it in half an hour's time we need to put this in we need to put this into ourselves so let's read acts chapter 2 from verse 34 acts 2 from verse 34 so i'm talking about baptism again So I want to just say a background over here. What Peter does is in Acts chapter 2, do you know that scripture where the Holy Spirit comes upon the the disciples and they start talking in tongues? For the first time we understand that tongues starts in the book of Acts when the Holy Spirit is poured out on all the disciples because they were together. So the Holy Spirit gets poured out upon them and then the people that are standing there hear that they're talking in different languages and they said, you drunk. You're talking in all these different languages at 9 in the morning. He says, no, no, this is what Joel spoke about. And then he he starts saying that the Holy Spirit would be poured out on all people. And he starts preaching the powerful message of Jesus. Because all of them had seen Jesus. They understood who he was because he really lived. So they knew who he was. And he said, you know what? This Jesus was a man and he came and he never died. He died, sorry, he died, but he never stayed dead. He rose again and he starts preaching the message of the gospel. So they say, he says, this Jesus that died, he rose again, and now he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. And, and here it is, friends, this gospel is inclusive for all of us because your hope this morning is in the gospel of Jesus, that he died and he rose again. That power that resurrected Jesus from the dead is the same power that comes in us when we accept Jesus Christ into our lives. Friends, I want to remind you, how many of you are sitting in a difficult position that you can't change right now? Just put up your hand. Put up your hand. You're sitting in a financial debt Or you're sitting into a, a maybe you've been abused, maybe, you know, maybe you're sitting with cancer, maybe you've got issues in your life. Let me just tell you, that power that rose Jesus from the dead, that same power is inside of you when you are born again. Friends, we have the keys to overcome every circumstance and situation. The truth is, even if we lose the battle of cancer, even if we die tomorrow, the truth is we have an eternity with Jesus. And that there, friends, is our great hope. When our economy crashes and when our finances go out the window, just remember that your hope is not in your financial bank balance. It is in Christ Jesus and you have been sealed with Him in heavenly places and you will go to be with Him when you die. And friends, what we do is we invest in the things of this world. We stress about what's not in our bank accounts. We stress about our health. We stress about our kids. We stress about all of these things. We bring on disease onto ourselves. And the truth is, actually, if we had just settled the fact that that same power that rests on Jesus is the same power that rests on us and inside of us, that resurrection power is what we have the access into the kingdom and into the king himself. Can I just say that's our hope? Can I just say we have hope? Can you believe with me that we have hope? Friends, I know of a friend who stopped stopped his giving a few months ago. Because he was in a financially difficult spot. I looked at him and I thought to myself, make a mistake, buddy. Make a mistake because your trust is in Jesus, not in your bank balance. He gave up his he gave up his giving and friends, all of a sudden this guy's been hit with hundreds of thousands of rands from SARS. Two months later. That he never but he never budgeted for, never bargained for. Truth is, friends, God is our protection. God is our source. God is our power. And friends, we need to baptize fully into Him to be able to have access to that full, harnessed power of the resurrection of Jesus. We can't hold back in this life and expect Jesus' power to flow over us. We can't have Jesus as Savior and not as Lord. When He's Lord, we give Him everything. And when He's got access to everything, He gives you way more. Do you know that? He gives us way more than what we could ever have expected. I don't know if you've ever seen that video clip. Chris, you should maybe check it out for me. That um, a video clip where this guy, he's in the desert, okay? So he's cruising through the desert, and he's just about to die. And he sees this this rickety old tap over here, okay? So he's he's about to die, and he's like, this is God's plan for my life. I can get water out of this tap. And God's saying to him, don't go to this tap to open it. Don't go there. And there's this... There's this it's this like half-naked lady, but it's, it's all, a, it's all a, a cartoon. So you don't see anything, so don't worry. It's a lady, and, and she's like showing where this water is. And he goes to this water, and he opens a tap. He runs, but God's trying to stop him from going to the tap, to go to this way, go this way, go this way. And every time he runs, God puts his hand, then he runs over it. He runs under his hand. He runs everywhere. He gets to this tap, and he turns the tap open, and nothing comes out. So you see this little slug over here on the ground, and this little slug's moving, and he looks at the slug, and the slug is like, he picks it up, and the slug's like, hello. And so he takes the slug, and he, and he, like, he stretches it like an elastic band around the, around the pipe. So he uses this poor slug to get a, one drop of water out. He turns the tap on, and one drop comes out. He's like, yeah, yeah, he's all happy, you know. And then you look at where God actually had this other plan for him. And you look over the mountain, and there inside this oasis is this lovely lady for him, in the water and there's this huge big cold drink over here. And this guy missed out on his inheritance because he tried to force something that looked successful in front of him before God showed him a much greater future. I think we're settling for too little, friends. We're settling for the one drop of water in the desert. That's what money does to us. It makes us settle for what's in the desert. But God has way more than our provision. God is everything, He's our source of great provision. Provision is not money. Provision is everything. Provision, how, how valuable is your health? How valuable is it? Chevy, I know you've been through health issues in your life. How valuable is your health to you? Is it more valuable than the money that you get every month? And when it's threatened, when your life is threatened, does money mean anything to you? Hey? Chevy, you've, you've been through a hard time. You've been through cancer. You fought the battle of cancer. I remember seeing you before. Long ago, I think he came to the church once or something. Remember? And God did an amazing thing. I want to just say this, friends. Our value is in Jesus. When the hardship comes, we need to turn to Jesus. But I want to just encourage you. I'm going to read from verse verse 40. Okay, So he preaches the gospel. So number one, friends, is that when the gospel is preached, something powerful happens. So as this gospel, I want to just say to you, you have access to the kingdom And to the greatest, greatest power. But you can't have access to this power when Jesus is just, you just accept him. You can't just accept Jesus. You actually have to give your life to Jesus. So it says over here, read with me in verse 40. It says, and with, uh, wait, let's just read from verse 36, sorry. It says, therefore, let all the house of Israel know. This is after he's preached the gospel, assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. It says and now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do now? Too often, when we hear the gospel, we're not cut to the heart, friends. We're not cut to the heart. We're not get to that point like I'm desperate. I need Jesus. And if I don't have Jesus, I'm going to a Christless eternity. I feel shattered. I need Jesus. Too many times we accept Jesus willy-nilly like, oh, yeah, I'll accept this other thing. I'll just take this other God like everything else. I'll, 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 I'll take that chance. Yeah, I'm a risk taker. I'll take Jesus. That's not how we accept Jesus. We've got to be convinced, friends, that we're sinners. We've got to be convinced, friends, that by Adam and Eve, we enter into this world and we are full of sin because of their sin. That sin is on us and we are separated from God. If you have not given your life to Jesus, you are not born again, which means that you will go to hell. Truth is the truth. And we invest only in what we see, friends. And so I just want to encourage you that when we receive Christ Jesus, they were cut to the heart. When we receive Jesus, part of what we have to do is repent and say, Sorry, Lord, for being a sinner. Accept me. And Jesus says, I accept you. He takes his scepter and he points it to us. Like Esther, when, he went, when she went to the king, if she touched his scepter and he didn't, he didn't reach his scepter out to her, she would be killed before the king. But because of the king's mercy, he stretches out his hand to us and he says, Come, I accept you. Friends, it's more about Jesus accepting us than us accepting him. Who are we to accept Jesus? Who are we? I am nothing. Friends, too often, we are everything. I am nothing. When we come to Jesus with that heart and say, Lord, I can't even look at your eyes because I'm not worthy of looking at you. Then Jesus says, you know, that humility, that repentance I can work with. I'll give you everything back and give you way more. Jesus gives us way more than we could ever have had before. Way more. It's just too often we settle for the one drop of water in the desert. Don't be tempted by money. Don't be tempted by riches. Don't be tempted by the woman. Friends, I feel God said to me this thing, and I want I want you to listen to me with all of your heart and hear what I'm saying. It might be shocking for you. Felt Jesus say to me, "The church is treating me like a girlfriend." You go and visit the girlfriend. And you go and touch what you can and you go and tickle what you can and you go and try and get away with what you can and you leave your girlfriend without commitment. So as long as you've had your jollies and you've been to be with me, you leave me and you leave me violated. Jesus doesn't want us to treat him like a girlfriend. He's not our girlfriend. And the church friends is who he's coming back for. And don't you for one minute take Jesus and make him more valuable than the body of Christ or vice versa. The body is not more valuable than Jesus. And Jesus is not more valuable than the body because he is part of the body. He is the head of the body. And friends, when we can't agree to come to meetings or we can't agree to give our 10%, or we can't agree to do the things of the ministry, then friends, we're treating Jesus and the body of Christ like the girlfriend. And you know what? Why buy the cow when you get the milk for free? That's the attitude of this world, am I right? Once that guy slept with that girl, he doesn't want to marry her because he's got what he wants. Jesus gives you salvation for free. And we take the cow because we get the milk for free. And then we just don't want to commit. Because Jesus loves me. I can do what I want. It's cool. Jesus, sorry. And we go going just, no, no, no. Jesus hasn't accepted you in that state. Jesus accepts a man who gives his heart to him, and it says over here. Excuse me, guys. I know it's, it's a bit harsh, but the truth is the truth. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. Friends, we get cut. or we cut to the heart? And Peter, the rest of the apostles, and the men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. Hey, Repent and be baptized. Not repent and then you're saved. Repent and be baptized. And you know what, friends? God revealed something to me that that repentance, when you give your life to Jesus, you give your life and you repent, you turn away from your sin. That doesn't mean that you accept it to just carry on doing that thing. You can't just carry on doing that thing. Then you haven't repented. Because repentance means you turn away from what is sin into the opposite direction and you run away. What did Joseph do when the woman wanted to sleep with him? Potiphar's wife, what did he do? He ran away from her. He didn't say, oh, well, I'll just sleep with her this one time and I'll ask Jesus for forgiveness tomorrow. <laughs> you know? You know how many people you hear like, no, we like, we slept together, but we just said, Jesus, we know We'd be doing is wrong, but we'll say so sorry afterwards. That's vomit, friends. That's treating Jesus like the girlfriend. That's not what we're here for. When we repent, we turn away. When we see that wicked woman coming, an adulterous woman coming our way, we run in the opposite direction. Sin comes our way, we run in the opposite direction. When your finances are low and you want to compromise in your tithe, you run away from it and you say, Jesus, you're my source, because you end up paying a way higher price down the road. Friends, don't settle for the girlfriend. You want to get married to Jesus. When we're married to Jesus, we don't, we don't take lightly his things. Is that okay? When we give our lives to Jesus, and it says over here, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. Then in verse 38, Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus. That word, baptism, do you know what that, that word baptism means? Baptizo. That word means baptismo, And that means to fully immerse. That means to be overwhelmed. We have to be overwhelmed with Jesus. Friends, I'm saying it again, but we have to be totally overwhelmed with Jesus. Not overwhelmed with your own work situation, your own corporate ladder, your own wife. Friends, when you're not leading your wife, she's going to lead you. You need to lead in Jesus. You need to be an example. And if you're sitting here, friends, and you, your life is a mess and a shambles, I want to say to you, Jesus is saying, I'll reach out my hand to you, but are you going to baptize yourself in me? Are you actually going to decide that I'm going to stop my nonsense today and I'm going to walk with Jesus and I'm going to let go of the things that I'm actually doing wrong? Is that okay? Because that's what repentance means. You can't go and tickle Jesus on a Sunday, leave him there violated and go home. We need, to, we need to marry him. And we need to stop abusing Jesus. Is that okay? I'm not saying you are. I'm saying the world is doing this, friend. Because if you want Jesus' true blessing and true favor, you need to be a true follower of Jesus. When we went to Dadina, he said to us, you know, if people are in the body of Christ and they're not giving their finances, that means they're not disciples. Because the truth is, disciples follow Jesus. And the God of this world is money. And friends, we are disciples. That becomes the tool that we use for the kingdom. Not the kingdom gets abused whilst we enjoy our tool. The kingdom of God is way important and it's just so powerful. We have access to great miracles, signs and wonders when we put our hope in Jesus. It says, For the promise is to you and your children... And all who are far off, as many as the Lord God will call. And it says over here in verse 40, And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Friends, it doesn't mean stay in this perverse generation and do perverse things. He says, leave the perverse generation. Stop your relationships with perverse people. The truth is, when we come to Christ Jesus, we immerse into him. And the safest place that you can hang around with is in the body of Christ. That's why we join together. It says, then those who gladly, here it is, here's the key. Those who gladly received this word were baptized. Friends, if you gladly receive this word, your world will change. Your life will never be the same again. Because when Jesus hits your life, you change. You will change. You cannot be the same if the God of this world touches you. Because when you get saved, He touches you. Boom. And something just radically changes in your heart. You suddenly are a different person. But suddenly you have to choose not to do those things. You have to choose to baptize. And it says over here, the last little bit that I just want to say here. They were baptized and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Do you know what happens, friends? The power of the Holy Spirit comes upon one man, he preaches the gospel, power comes upon people to get convicted, to, get re- to repent, and to turn away from sin and follow Jesus. And 3,000 people were added to them that day. Then, last of all, it says here, it says, and they continued steadfastly, listen to this, with the apostles' doctrine, to fellowship, breaking of bread, and to pray. Those are the four things that a church does. We listen to the teachings, we break bread together, we fellowship, and we pray. Those things, friends, should not be a negotiable thing for you. If you are truly a born-again believer, it is not a negotiation. You devote yourselves. The key is they devote themselves. Not the pastor, but the wees. You must be at the prayer meeting. You must be at the home group. You must be, you must be, you must tithe. For sec, I don't want to tithe. You want my money? You're a money church, man. No, friends, you devote yourself. That's what being immersed in Jesus. And then the key to that, friends, is this over here. It says over here, Then fear came upon every soul. Fear. We need to fear Jesus. He's not just our Mikey, man. We need to fear Him. If our language doesn't change, friends, we don't fear him. Oh, so I slip with a yes, that's okay. We know that Jesus forgives us because we become so self centered in this community that it doesn't matter what we do, we just think Jesus is okay with it. He's not. Because when Jesus touches you, you change. It's radical, guys. Salvation is radical, it's not a gradual thing. It's boom. I don't want to do what I do anymore. You know, when I got born again, I was smoking. And so what happened is I had a cigarette straight after the meeting. I was like, Phew, this was like I didn't even, wasn't even convicted. Jesus didn't say, cease. What are you doing? I'm like, well, what? Hey, I'll put it down. Sorry. Sorry, I did it. I carried on smoking and it was okay. But every cigarette after that just didn't fulfill anymore. Then a week later when I got on the bus, I said, Jesus, I'm not enjoying this so much anymore. Although I'm addicted to this thing. But please help me. If you're this God of miracles and you can split the sea and all this stuff, then help me to give up cigarettes. Because bets of beer and all sorts of things didn't work. And he did. He changed me. And you know what, friends? I took that cigarette and I think I flicked it out the window. And that was it. I got on the bus, said goodbye to my parents, went home here, and started a brand new life in Jesus. It was the last time I touched a cigarette, 2001. But I dream about cigarettes almost every week. I wake up, I'm like, flop, I've started smoking. And then I wake up, I'm like, oh, Jesus, I didn't, thank you, you know? I still dream about my maths exam and smoking. Because both of them, I was poop scared of. You know what I'm saying? And I, say, I see, meet these people, they're like, I just love Jesus. I take that fag again. Ooh, I love him. She's I love him, man i myself, yeah, but it's okay. And Jesus is overlooking this all the time. He's like, and like yeah, I just want to serve in the ministry. Eh? You want to give me a job there in the church, eh? Yeah, it's like, it's okay. I want to be a leader. Eh? I'm thinking, you can't even jump over the storm hurdle. And you want to. It's like, we can jump over mountains. And the guy's like, hey, I can, I can scale mountains, bro. I can scale mountains, but I can't jump over the storm man. Guys, we can we just got to freaking say, Jesus, I'll hand it over to you. Let's hit the money thing again, because everyone like knows that. They want to slay me afterwards. When you get given a lump sum of money, how often do you think, Kate, that's a lot of money to die, eh? Whew. Yeah, the church doesn't need that. So they're okay. They're okay, I'll give a little bit to charity, but that portion there, whew, that's, that's a lot of money. Am I right? compromise you can't jump over the money hurdle come on guys we baptize into jesus and when we baptize in jesus when you say lord i give it over to you you know how many months i've said god i haven't got food on the table but i've given you your money that's not fair you sort me out i'm as angry as that and you know what happens every time he comes through even if it's a parcel that someone brings you like thank you and they go away like yes i got that thing freak! they even thought of a chocolate for me you know it's like amazing God provides man he provides doesn't have to come to your salary do you know for like five or six months of this year by God's miracle somehow the shortfall for our income came through by miraculous sources hey come on it wasn't from you guys just by the way it was other people but that will all change, won't it? Because the truth is, friends, when you put our hope in Jesus, even when it's rock hard and we can't believe that he's going to come through, we've got to follow Jesus. We've got to trust him. We've got to accept him by faith. So I want to just say this right to the end. I know this has been a long preach, but I know. We're going to go and do baptisms now. But I believe that there's going to be a few more people that respond to Jesus and baptize into Jesus, which means if you, have been, if you have made Jesus your Savior, but maybe He's not become Lord of everything, then I'm going to ask this, that for a moment we close our eyes. Close our eyes, friends, and I'd like to ask, friends, that we not be mindful and conscious of people, but I'd like to ask if you want to be prayed for today, that you would get up off your seat like I did in 2001, and I had the courage to have someone pray for me, and it changed my life for good.